1-877-8-SILVER. You know that number. You go to the website guildhallwealth.com. You should always be signing up for at least the first time for the Precious Metal Advisor and the Investor Kit. There's information you'll get each week. It's a good read and necessary as well. As well, uh, you can purchase online the e-store through guildhallwealth.com, and you can use your registered accounts to... uh, uh, buy precious metals as well, physical metals in a variety of different accounts. We'll get to that uh, in a little bit, but uh, we always do a bit of an update and uh, a little bit of a climate of what's going on. Jeremy, how are things? Things are great. Also, we've got an interview coming up today with uh, Justin Smythe. Mm. He does, uh, he's more of a, the chart analyst, so uh, we look to him as the expert in that side of things because anyone who's a, a listener to the show knows we're, we're very much keen on the fundamentals of the market yeah. and long term, and we discussed that even um, last week with Roy Freeman, or was it two weeks ago with Roy Freeman, in terms of just how to trade on a, on, on a fundamental basis. The biggest news out there and no it's not necessarily the election it, and this was this was news broken by uh, Jeff Berwick the dollar vigilante which is that uh, the Indian government has demonetized the 500 and 1000 uh, rupee note so the Indian government has declared an all-out war on cash and what this has led to is that um, a, a large portion of the population is selling off their their metal stocks. Mm. Uh, they want to obviously get to cash and then get into something that could be a proxy to cash. So Jeff Berwick is talking about, in this sense, uh, perhaps Bitcoin. But this is going to also be, in our opinion, very good for gold because gold is a proxy to cash. It is a place to store value and it is very liquid. But if you're not allowed to hold what what is equivalent to a $50 and $100 bill... Okay, and now you're forced to put all of that into the banking system. Uh, this is going to wreak some havoc o- over in India and also cause uh, what we believe is going to be a-, a strong move in precious metals. And as a result, as we're taping this show, yeah. uh, silver has moved up um, over 33 cents today, uh, trading right back up to the 18 above 1875 mark. So things are looking good on that. On the other side of the equation, we've also seen uh, the markets were very topsy-turvy throughout the election. We saw really big swings in gold, really big swings in silver. At the end of the day, uh, gold's not far off where we started a few days back. We're taping today on Thursday, and silver's actually up a little bit from where we were starting uh, a few days ago. So really, and as as we're going to hear in our interview with uh, Justin, in those sorts of occasions... It's really tough to trade, really tough to decide, is it time to move in, time to not. Uh, We do congratulate everyone who did get involved at the lower prices, which weren't far off from here, uh, because we have been very, very busy uh, people investing in physical bullion, and they all say pretty much the same thing. They're concerned about where the where the dollar's going they're concerned about how the government's going to pay off the debts they're concerned about the fact that the market's moved up very strongly over the last few years but feels like it could be topping out and you know just a sense of security um and and gold provides that because gold's been around for millennia gold's up over 320% plus in the last 15 years so when they compare that to to what's been happening in their own portfolio they say well it's easy to just buy something, hold it, let it do its thing. Mm. And I can tell you as someone who's bought mutual funds and paid a lot for, for management fees, I'm a lot more pleased to simply pay for my insurance and my storage for my, for my physical bullion than to pay management fees, right? Because you know where 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 did that go at the end of the day so we're seeing a lot of people moving out of their gic's out of their mutual funds that are maybe not performing so well and really moving into physical gold and silver and that's what we do at guildhall we deal in physical bullion so if you're getting into the market for the first time you might want to go to guildhallpreciousmetals.com pick up a 10 ounce bar of silver or a 100 ounce bar of silver, a few ounces of gold, coins, whatnot. We've got combos. So if you're not sure what type of product, you can buy uh, a small basket of, of different varieties. We do have a promotion that for every 100 ounces of silver that you purchase, you get a one ounce silver maple. 
Those are always popular come Christmas. And yes, we just mentioned that because as we know, Halloween ended and uh, the Christmas decorations at Shoppers Drug Mart went right up. And so we, we want to start talking about that. And uh, speaking of Christmas, we've got an excellent diamond for those to think about in terms of um, a, a gift for someone special. I but, just want to interrupt just what you were talking about, um, about the India, India taking out uh, large currency bills. It's happening in Europe. Um, the 500 euro, nobody wants to take it from you. Um, mm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing now where the governments seem to want to know everything that you've got, where it's located, and can they get their hands on it. I mean, it, I think the outcome is because they want to get their hands on your money sometime down the road. Whether, um, you know, it happened in Cyprus, um, you know, the, there's countries falling out of the EU. I think it's going to happen. I mean, you know, the Brexit uh, was a big factor. It ruined the pound. I mean, when I say ruined the pound, it brought it down to around about a dollar twenty-two to the U.S. dollar. Um, since the election uh, on on Wednesday, you have noticed right now that. Uh, the euro is starting to get beaten up pretty good. Uh, we're down to 108 and change. I think it's going to go down to par. That's my personal opinion. The same with the Canadian dollar. We reached almost a dollar 35 today mm-hmm. against. Right now, as we're, we're taping the show, it's 134.6, um, but it went to 135. I think the Canadian dollar, with Trump. Uh, as being the president, he hates NAFTA and he wants to oh. change NAFTA. And he's going to go up and try to change these agreements. He's going to go to the weakest country first, and that will be Canada, that will back down. Because whatever he says, they're going to say, yes, sir, no, sir, three bags, four. You know, we always give everything away. I mean, that's a given. Uh, we just can't negotiate. Now, Trump is a negotiator. He's going he's gonna to stand his ground. I think the Canadian dollar could go to a dollar fifty. And this is why I want to talk about later on in the show, we've, we've just changed our website on, on Guildhall Diamonds to U.S. dollars because of the currency. Diamonds are bought in U.S. dollars, and they're sold in U.S. dollars, but we've always sold in Canadian dollars. This is going to be an opportunity... I, I think that where you can make 15, 20% on currency alone just buying a natural fancy color diamond. But we're going to talk about that in a later segment. But if you notice right now, the markets are extremely turbulent. Wednesday night, we had almost a thousand point move in one day. We're in the futures market. They're saying the market's plunging, the market's plunging, and the next day the Dow was up 250 points. Thursday, as we're taping the show, the Dow is up almost 200 points. So, you know, they don't know which way this is going to go yet. I mean, it's going to be good uh, for business if they cut corporate tax and they cut taxes. Just generally, there's going to be more money to be spent. I mean, if they're going to start using infrastructure, they will create jobs. But it's easier said than done. Um, we think gold and silver right now is the buy, and I think it's the buy of the century. Uh, we've got silver trading, you know, around about 1875. Uh, last week, we dropped down to 1810, 1840, 1850, and our clients, especially in the RSP and TFSA, were buying in like crazy. Mm-hmm. The same thing with gold. Gold dropped down to $1,260. It was an absolute steal. On the night of the election, we went up 50 no, sorry, $63 in one hit, and then it came off. I think it's going to level itself out. I think gold and silver is going to go through the roof, and it's a great time to get into the market uh, just to protect yourself against currencies. Remember, the euro's at 108, 109. They could easily go to par. You need to have gold and silver in your portfolio. The pound dropped down to you know basically a dollar twenty-one. a Last week or the week before, it's moved back up to a dollar twenty-five. The Canadian dollar uh, is suffering, as I said, around about one thirty-four and a half to one thirty-five, and the yen, which is the set for some reason, I don't know why people run to the yen as a safety, as a haven against any tur- turbulence out there. Uh, the, the yen is 
gone up to 106.75. I mean, that's gone crazy. So I think gold and silver is the way to go to own it in, in your portfolio, whether to own it physical. That's the only thing that we do. We don't sell equities. We don't sell certificates. We don't sell ETFs. We don't sell futures or options. And futures. It's the physical product. You can handle it take, it, take it home. You know, that's a great way to do it. We have a depository, which you can buy gold and silver, store it. Uh, Jeremy was at the depository with a client today that actually has product in the RSP and TFSA as well as mm -hmm. in the depository account. It's safe, it's secure, it's allocated, it's segregated. We give you the bar numbers. It's a great way to own gold and silver. And you're looking at one-tenth of one percent a month to store, insure that product. You can't insure your product at home on your home insurance for one-tenth of one percent a month of the value. It just doesn't work that way. And the other way to do it is own gold and silver in a TFSA, an RSP, which is safe, secure, our partners in this is Questrade. They're the custodian. We do the buying and the selling on your behalf, and it's a great way to get into and own gold and silver. One eight seven seven eight silver and guildhallwealth.com. As Paul mentioned, your RSP accounts, TFSAs, RESP, LIF, RIF, Lira, all those qualify for this uh, particular program. And anytime you should pick up the Precious Metal Advisor, you sign up for it uh, online as well, Jeremy. So, you know, we're talking here about currencies. We're saying... They're, they're topsy-turvy um, at best. And overall, if you look at a long-term chart of currencies, you see that the value of them is going down. H how do you put value into a currency if you're printing it like crazy or you're adding debts? And I show clients every day, same chart, that the, the, the servicing of the debt becomes easier. People take on more debt. Maybe for the government, it works the opposite way. If we're going to have more debt, we need the debt servicing to be lower. And what we're seeing, though, is the debts continue to pile up, money continues to be printed, and eventually, there is an eventually, it can't go on forever. And so how do you protect against those? And so when you see a lot of currency volatility, you know, you can check out a book, Currency Wars, for instance, by, by Jim Rickards, talks about, look, each country is going to want to try to protect its dollar in some capacity, but eventually we're all in a race to the bottom. So, you know, U.S. dollar could be strong today, weak tomorrow. You know, it's tough on a short-term basis. But part of the reason why people want to own gold and silver is because, look, you can't just keep printing money. You can't just keep adding to these debts without any consequence. And so how do you protect your wealth? Well, look, gold being up over 300% in U.S. dollars is more of a reflection of how well the U.S. dollar has done over the last 15 years than what gold has done willy-nilly. Gold and silver are a barometer of the health of a currency. Now, you combine that with a war on cash... Or you combine that with a war on savers where they're getting zero for their for their money or or banks consider 2% high interest all of a sudden, you know, where we know, look, the price of any food is up over 2% in a year. Even with oil prices low, gas is up uh, it, over time. So you have to figure out a way to maintain your purchasing power over time. And that's why gold for us is such a great long-term investment because we can see that, look, we've had... Two regime changes in the states in the last uh, 15 years, 16 years, and gold has done great through, through all of them. Two down years in 16 years. So, you know, when people are saying, and that's Canadian dollars, and when people are saying, oh, it's such a volatile metal, well, yeah, okay, maybe on election night, but in the long term, it holds its value. There was a time where gold traded at $35 an ounce. Well, that was 1971. And we showed that it's something like a 13,600% gain since 1971. So again, think for the long term, consider the fundamentals of the market, and look at the different ways to own it. We personally, at Guildhall, we like to hold physical bullion where you can have the serial numbers because at the end of the day, for us, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. We'll take a short break. One eight seven seven eight silver. You go to guildhallwealth.com. As mentioned, the e-story. You can uh, invest right online and buy. 
from the comfort of your own home, or if you want to use your RSP and other registered accounts, you can do that as well through Guildhall. We'll take a short break and back out with Justin Smythe, our guest for the day from nextbigtrade.com. That interview and more of the show coming up. It's The Real Money Show, Talk Radio. AM 640. And back with more of The Real Money Show. The number is one silver online to guildhallwealth.com. want to mention just before we get into our uh, interview today, November 17th will be the time, 7 p.m. Young and Finch, the Quest Trade location. You want to call that number, go to guildhallwealth.com for the information ses- uh, seminar rather on how to use uh, your RSP and other registered accounts for precious metals. Again, November 17th, 7 p.m. Go to the website for that. Uh, Going to uh, step aside now. He's here for, uh, for a chat, uh, for some information. Information, Justin Smythe here. Nextbigtrade.com is the website. You want to stick around for this one, Jeremy. So, Justin Smythe, welcome back to the show, The Real Money Show. Um, just to get our listeners um, acclimatized once again to your methodology um, and where they can get some uh, information um, about, about uh, you know, your articles and such, uh, just to give us a sense of, of your background here. So I publish a blog at nextbigtrade.com. Um, I've been trading and analyzing the stock markets since the early 2000s. Um, I have a pretty analytical background with a degree in uh, electrical and computer engineering. Um, and I've also um, done a lot of rigorous work on uh, studying different technical methods in the market. And I've basically adopted stage analysis as my primary method of trading the market and analyzing the market because it offers a simple strategy for understanding longer term trends in the market and gives a simple trend following system to remove kind of the confusion that a lot of people have when looking at the market. I found that um, pouring over fundamentals is for someone that's not, doesn't have a business background and, and doesn't have the time to really research a lot of the economic stats and uh, the specific fundamentals behind companies, um, it's really something that, you know, it might be effective, but for me, just the technical method and um, just looking at trends, I think is really something that's simple and that a lot of people can do to really boost their ability to understand what's going on in the markets. Um, So I've been providing information on my method for about five years at nextbigtrade.com. I'm also pretty active on Twitter, and I have a YouTube channel where I've been publishing videos for a little over a year now. And I, with the videos, I'm really trying to get more um, in-depth on what I'm looking at and kind of um, describing things um, by going through a lot of charts. And I think it gives people kind of a more insight on, on how to use the stage analysis method, and maybe they can pick up um, details and, and actually adopt the method themselves if they're interested in that. Right, and they can get to uh, see your channel from the nextbigtrade.com, right? Correct. I have a, a link to my YouTube channel. I also actually have a um, another website I'm working on where actually um, I, I, I do a lot of calculations on stock market data, and I actually provide the stage analysis details in a in another website and i have a link to my videos from that site as well but i have a lot of users actually using that site now to to analyze the markets using stage analysis and they're actually providing me with input on how they like to use the site and giving me uh uh, details on like features they want me to create to actually um you know improve the site so i have kind of different ways where you can get involved with the content I'm providing, whether it's through my videos or looking at my website. And, I, and I've written a lot of articles in the past, too, so you can go on my site and go back through all the material I've written over the years. Right, and, and people can go to, um, I know you're a contributor of financialsense.com, but that, that, that was very democratic that you're having people help you uh, uh, present ideas for, for your site. Um, one of yeah. the we, one of the reasons why we we love having you on the show is for the technical analysis of things because at, at the Real Money Show we are more on the fundamental side of of the equation and of course we are educating uh, listeners on a week to week basis about you know the things that are happening and and the numbers that are out there and whatnot so that over time they get a sense of of what we're seeing in the gold and silver market. So again, it's great to have you back to get the the analysis from the technical side of things. So let's just start with um, 
some of the short-term technicals here. We were just talking before uh, we went to air here about what's happening in, in the United States uh, post-election, you being in, in the United States, and you were saying that you're, you're currently in Indiana, correct? That's correct. Right. So how, did, how, was, how was the election there? Um, well, my state tends to lean towards the right, so we were supportive of Trump. I know typically in the United States on the coast, are more on the left side and they they voted for clinton um obviously the media really dropped the ball on the reporting on the election they gave almost across the board um they were thinking that clinton was going to win and so trump was a, a huge shock to not only you know the media obviously the the volatility in the markets the night of the election was uh truly astounding you know you had um about an 800-point drop in the Dow, and gold rallied about $55 from what I was looking at the night of the election. And then the day after, um, all those moves reversed. The Dow actually closed a few hundred points higher, and gold gave back almost all the the uh, gains it had overnight. Um, so really, the, the markets had to digest this surprise election, and um, I think – you're still seeing volatility after the um, election. Even today, we're, we're, we're speaking two days after the election, and a lot of the uh, big cap technology stocks in the NASDAQ are actually falling quite a bit, but you've had some big moves in financials and other sectors like uh, copper producers, steel stocks have been pretty strong, and defense stocks. So you're seeing the market really kind of digest the surprise move and um, with a lot of volatility. So... Typically, when the market gets really volatile like this, I like to step back and just kind of be more of an observer than to try to trade this action because you can get really whipsawed when you make a bad decision. And once the volatility settles down, it'll be a better time to take another look at the overall longer-term trends and try to get positioned in case any um, any new trends are going to develop from what's happened. I, I Typically, you tend to see – uh, surprise uh, moves like this, they tend to have more of a shorter term effect. It's more surprising when something like this would actually impact a longer term trend in the markets, but it does happen. So you just kind of have to have an open mind. And um, like I said, take a step back once the volatility settles down and, and uh, see what's going on. Yeah, that that seems to make sense to to us as well in the sense that, you know, I know today we're taping the show on Thursday and you know, CNBC are, are jubilant with with the markets as they're rising, and and as you said, you know, tech stocks are down probably because of of China being being affected by this and and the overseas jobs there. But anything that's going to be building um, related uh, is doing very well. And and again, it's very short term moves. And as we saw in the gold market just on election night, we had big moves to the upside, strong moves to the downside. At the end of the day, we are sort of bar net nothing. <laughs> nothing really changed in, in, in the world for us. But let's put that into a bigger context. And, and what we've seen this year, for example, in gold is throughout this year, we, we, we did have a very strong move throughout the beginning of the year uh, up until uh, both gold and silver and as well gold stocks. And then since August, we did have a, a correction and we're kind of starting to come off those lows a little bit. But uh, what, what's your interpretation of that, that, that say, midterm correction that we've been seeing this year in gold? In other words, we had a good run-up through half the year. We have currently seen a correction, um, not, not on a day-to-day basis, but in, in sort of a month-to-month basis. And what would be your interpretation of that overall uh, correction so far? Yes. Yeah, so like you said, obviously in the gold market, we saw gold break out into a strong stage two advance in February of this year. And then it had a strong run into May where we had a, a shorter pullback. And then we ran again until August and we've been pulling back since. So the action that we've seen recently, I would interpret as nothing more than a typical pullback within a bull market. Um, obviously pullbacks are what refuels up legs in bull markets. You can't have a market that just goes up um, straight up indefinitely. You'll just run out of buyers because what happens is eventually people stop wanting to pay a higher price and you have to have like sellers take control and drive the market back down 
to where buyers get more interested and then provide support to the market. So pullbacks are really what rebalances sediment between buyers and sellers. Um, and typically what you see in stage two bull markets is you see the market retrace back to that 30-week moving average, which is also a 150-day moving average if you're looking at a daily chart. But you typically see the market uh, find support there. It doesn't always find support exactly at the moving average, but somewhere around it is where we're looking at. And that's, that's exactly where gold is right now. So my current interpretation is that gold is simply pulling back in a longer-term bull market. If it does happen to break down below the 30-week moving average, I would have to get more bearish on gold and reassess uh, the bull market from there. But really, we're just waiting to see right now what gold's going to do. Um, we can talk about other kind of markets that are impacting gold, like the U.S. dollar and the commodities markets. But um, as of right now, that, that's where I, how I interpret things is nothing more than a pullback in a, in a bull market. Yeah, and, and and I'd like to to come back to the USD in in just a moment. But you were you were mentioning that gold, in, in your opinion, is in is in a stage two. Um, could you quickly tell us about what the four stages are that we're discussing? Yes. Yeah, so stage analysis defines longer term trends in the market into four stages. We have a stage one basing phase, which is what occurs after a bear market. And what happens is sellers no longer can force the market into a bear market, and they basically go into equilibrium with buyers. So the market starts to form a base, and neither buyers nor sellers have control, so it continues to move sideways. Once the fundamentals change and when buyers start to overpower sellers, the market breaks out into a new stage two bull market. In stage analysis, that is the ideal place to enter the market when that occurs, because if you enter too early in a stage one base, you can tie up your capital in a market that's going nowhere and miss out on opportunities that might be occurring in other markets. So once we get at that ideal buy point in stage two, that's where we want to get in early in the bull market. Now, once we're in stage two, the bull market's going to progress for a certain period of time. And like we just mentioned, have pullbacks where over the short term, sentiment's rebalanced and um, enough buying pressure can, can come back in again to push the market even higher. So we get these pullbacks back to the, the moving average in stage two. Now, eventually the bull market's going to end. And what happens is we go into stage three where the market starts to trend sideways again. And what's happening is now sellers are stepping in and there's not enough buying pressure for the bull market to continue any longer. And once again, the market flatlines in a stage three and starts trading above and below the moving average. And they call it distribution. Basically, the players in the market are distributing shares, like locking in gains and getting out of the market. And once enough sellers finally come in to finally push the market into a bear market, we get stage four where the market starts trending lower below the, the moving average. And that is the time in stage analysis where we want to be completely out of the market and avoiding the devastating losses that can occur in, in stage four bear market. So what's good about stage analysis is two main things, really. It gives you an overall framework to understand where markets are in their longer term cycles. And it also gives you a, a trend following system so you know that you want to buy early in stage two and you want to sell when a market rolls over into stage four. So it gives you that, you know, a, a more precise time to get into a market and it gives you a good stop loss mechanism to get out of the market when the market becomes dangerous and starts trending lower. We'll uh, take a short break. The number one eight seven seven eight silver anytime. Go to guildhallwealth.com, the e-store, and uh, buying online. You can do that uh, right at the e-store. And you can use your uh, registered accounts. Uh, go to guildhallwealth.com for more details on that. For every $5,000 U.S. invested in said account, you will receive one gram of gold for Guildhall. And if you need more information, not sure how this works, they're going to take care of you on November 17th, 7 o'clock, Young & Finch. That is the Quest Trade location. Sign up for that. Be there for that information. 
Information Seminar. More of an interview coming up. Real Money Show, Talk Radio, AM 640. And back with more of The Real Money Show. That number, one eight seven seven eight silver to start investing, guildhallwealth.com. There will be a seminar, how to use your RSP room and other registered funds to buy uh, physical metals. That's going to be happening at the Quest Trade location, Young and Finch, on the 17th. Uh, of November, 7 o'clock. You want to go to the website to register for that. Back into our interview, you want to go to his website. It is nextbigtrade.com. More with Justin Smythe right here on The Real Money Show. Excellent. So let me know how I'm doing so far. When we look at 2016, the beginning of 2016, we see that gold moved above the 150-day average, whereas up until that point, it was below it. Is that where we start? And then once we start to test that 150 and we, we're staying above it, is that sort of when we're, we're, we know we're in phase two? Yeah, the initial breakout in February was the ideal buy point. Once the market breaks above that moving average and, 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 and gets above it enough to the point where it's, you know, it's fully above it, and you typically want to see a, a large increase in volume too, that's another sign that there's just over – overwhelming buying pressure that's really going to change the trend because I've discussed it in past videos and and actually fooled me a little bit is you get these false breakouts, which occurred back in like 2014. I think there was even one in 2015 where the gold market kind of tried to break out, but then it failed and kept moving lower. So it's not like a system that's like, you know, totally clear cut and gives you exact buys and sells. There's still some ambiguity because you have to be, you know, mindful of these, false moves but really what happened early this year is you saw not only the metals but the gold stocks just breaking out in mass on big increases in volume and and really was a good sign that this is a real stage two breakout and um, it really just gives you like the all clear signal that you need to get into the market and then um, you know acquire your positions and then hold them and, and enjoy the new uptrend and then, like we said, you get these periodic pullbacks where the market's going to go back and retest the moving average. And that's an opportunity to actually buy more and also, but you have to evaluate the market and make sure that it's not going to really start losing um, buying pressure and maybe even roll over back into a bear market. So another thing I want to mention, too, is that, and I've talked about this in some of my videos, is that it's a good idea to kind of lighten up when the market gets extended from the, the moving average and, um, you know, take or book some partial gains because um, from a total market portfolio or perspective, it gives you lower exposure overall to the market as the market pulls back. So, and it gives you that further um, cash buying power to buy more when the market um, does that, that pullback and gives you another buy point. So I'm an advocate, advocate of taking um, partial profits when markets become extended, just just to have not only to have cash in your portfolio, but to uh, give you more protection from markets that move lower. Does does volume play a role in this? Because we were having a conversation um, a couple weeks ago, or actually last week, uh, with uh, Roy Freeman. He's the president of MTB, and he's a he's a trader short term as well because he has to he-, he does hedging for the company, but uh, he you know he's also looking long term. And he said one of the the key things to look at is volume, and as volumes increasing, that's generally saying look, there's going that means supply is being used up. That means there's strong demand. That means that the prices are going to move higher and. And even today, even though the price of gold doesn't seem to be doing that much, um, Sharps Pixley is is saying that volumes are just absolutely through the roof today. So how much does volume play into the stage analysis? Volume is a critical component, component in stage analysis. Um, really what kind of separates these fake breakouts from real breakouts is volume. Because like you said, volume is the tip off that there's a changing dynamic where there's just a lot more buying and selling interest in the market. And when these events occur, they tend to change trends. So when the market's kind of um, okay with a trend, you might just see the volume kind of be at the same level for a long period of time. And that means that there's kind of a balance in the market and the market is just, you know, absorbing the trend over time. But when trends change, a lot of times you see, big changes in volume. So really the 
the the best case is that stage one to stage two transition where you go from that base to the stage two bull market and, and really a stage one is is like a situation where there's like not a lot of interest in a market like people are the market's just been sold down to a level where people have suffered so much losses that they're disgusted and they're out of the market people tend to not pay attention to the market anymore and that's kind of what happened in the gold market where after a four-year bear market people got disgusted and didn't want to be a participant in that market anymore but really what i've done is kind of flip that on its, on its head and say when I, whenever i see a stage one base i want to start paying attention to that market because at some point it's going to transition back into a bull market and once that stage two uh, transition occurs is where you typically see that big increase in volume because market players come back in and start pushing the market higher into stage two. So volume really is critical in the stage analysis system and is a key determinant to whether a stage two breakout is going to be real and not just a fake breakout. Where do you see that gold and silver? I know you don't make predictions, but given the charts, where do you think you could see gold and silver go from here? Um, the next level that I'm looking at for gold is between, I think it's about 1550 and 1700. So if the stage two bull market continues, the next major resistance point is that, I think it's around 1550, where in that period, uh, in 2011, when gold topped, it created a trading range, which should define new resistance for gold once it gets back up to that level. So that's really kind of where I'm, I see gold having another consolidation point uh, if the stage two continues. Um, I wouldn't expect gold to really blast off through that area without some consolidation, um, given that's what happened last time gold got to that level. So that's kind of like my um, near-term outlook for gold, assuming gold remains in a stage two from here. Excellent. Well, Justin, want to thank you again for joining us here on The Real Money Show. And uh, we definitely want to check in with you again and, and uh, again, compare our fundamentals against uh, against the charts. And uh, you're definitely our, um, our expert in that area. So we look forward to hearing from you very soon. Thank you very much for having me. And I enjoyed talking with you guys again. And um, like I said, uh, if anyone wants to get more information on stage analysis, um, feel free to check out my website, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter, and I'm also available for email questions as well. Excellent. We'll talk to you soon. We'll take a quick break. Got to thank Justin Smythe once again. You want more information on him and what he's all about, go to nextbigtrade.com. In the meantime, you can check out uh, our website right here, guildhallwealth.com, the number one eight seven seven eight silver There will be a seminar on how to use your RSP and registered accounts to get some physical metal into your, your portfolio. The date is November 17th. The time is 7 o'clock. The place will be the Quest Trade location at Young & Finch, and you use the Guildhall website to check all of that out. I want to remind you as well, since uh, we're talking about using your accounts to get into physical metals for every $5,000 U.S. invested in an RSP account, you will receive one gram of gold. More details online. And more of The Real Money Show coming right up. Talk Radio, AM640. one eight seven seven eight silver For the purpose of this uh, segment, you want to go to guildhalldiamonds.com anytime to see the collection and you have a specific one you want to talk about uh, today, Jeremy? We do. Pink we, Beauty? We just put up to the website a 0.26 intense pink. It's a pear cut and it's VVS2, which means very, very slightly included. Mm -hmm. This is uh, just on the cusp of an internally flawless pink. And the significance of that is that most pinks aren't VS quality, period. Not not to mention VVS. Um, normally, the, the clarities tend to, to be... Uh, less so. You you tend to see slightly included, included pinks. And really, the, the first thing we look at with a natural fancy color diamond is, is color, yep. not necessarily clarity. However, for us at Guildhall, for a diamond to be investment grade, and when we look at the at the performance of, of diamonds over time, we see that the better the clarity, the rarer the diamond, and the more rare a diamond is, the, the better the increase in value. So we're always on the lookout for, for diamonds of very high clarity. And this one definitely suits, uh, fits the bill. What's great about this this diamond is uh, we're just over the quarter carat mark. And uh, 
the pricing on it is is just beautiful. Um, Twenty three thousand five hundred U.S. Why is it always in U.S.? Well, the simple reason that diamonds are traded in U.S. the same as right. precious metals or, or other commodities, whether we're buying directly from. Uh, Israel from Tel Aviv or Antwerp or New York or even if diamonds come in from India, uh, which we very rarely buy, everything is priced in U.S. So what we're trying to do is be as competitive as possible. Um, we've put in some incredible prices up on our website in U.S. dollars, um, but it's all about color and size. And as Jeremy said, you know, this pair, it, though it's 0.26, it looks larger it looks a bigger stone. Pear shape always gives the illusion of almost twice the size. So whether you, you know, just going to buy the stone, put it away, or put it into a piece of jewelry, I mean, this stone would be just absolutely stunning. The color is incredible, and it's a VVS. Now, what VVS means, it's very, very slightly included. You can't, couldn't find the inclusion um, just looking at it. You couldn't find the inclusion, really hard to find it with a jeweler's loop, which is 10 times magnification. You really need to go onto a microscope and look at this diamond, and you'll see very slight right. inclusions on this diamond. Um, and, you know, what, what, when we deal with cutters and polishers, what they try to do is we look for stones that are almost perfection. So sometimes you're polishing away any imperfection, and therefore you'll lose some of that diamond. Mm -hmm. And as an example, um, we have a diamond. I don't know whether it's on the website yet, but it's a 0 0.72 fancy vivid purple pink v VVS1. Now, this diamond originally was a point. It's an Argyle diamond. The diamond is extraordinary. We bought it actually at the JCK show in Las Vegas in June. The diamond originally was 0 0.88. Mm -hmm. So what... The diamond was such an incredible diamond. It's an emerald cut. What they were able to do was recut and polish and take out the inclusions. But we lost 14%, 14 one hundredths of a in, in carat size on that diamond. But the diamond went to Vivid and it went to VVS because the inclusions were polished out. So now the diamond becomes extremely rare. And extremely expensive. I mean, we have this diamond up on our website for 375 US. That diamond is one of a kind. It's an incredible diamond. But you can also get a 0.26 pear shape, which is also an incredible diamond, yep. and you're only paying 23,000 and change. Yeah, I don't. I don't think this diamond will will stick around too long because essentially. You're you're buying this for a little bit more than you could buy a one carat intense yellow, but in this in this sense, you're you've now moved up to a more rare color in pink, and it's great quality. And uh, you know, pear cut pink diamond quarter carat or just under quarter carat, you know, we've really only seen a handful of those over the last decade. So, the 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 size, the color, clarity, the price for it. Uh, they tend to not really stick around very long. That that uh, that cut is in incredibly popular with the Asian buyer. Yeah, uh, with the yeah. Japanese market, yeah. they call it teardrop, so right. they really like it. We had a, a call a couple of weeks ago from a client that purchased a 0.15 uh, pink diamond, SI1, SI2, I'm not sure what the grade was, and they paid $27,000 for a diamond that in, in actual fact is not even investment grade because 0.18 would be investment grade. This was 0.15, which we treat as melee. That's the type of diamond that you put around a setting. But it's, it was a pink, and you know uh, it, it is consumer, buyer, beware. What we do at Guildhall, we have a 10-step buying guide. We show you what you need to know about a diamond. We hold your hand through the process. When you come to our office to you know, to our showroom and to buy a diamond, we're going to take you through the process. We're going to hold your hand and explain why diamonds are priced a certain way, what what the benefit of a cushion or the benefit of an emerald cut or the benefit of a brilliant cut, which is round, versus certain diamonds and shapes, and then you've got the clarity. One of the oldest established families in, in this business has written the book on natural fancy colored diamonds. And we're very friendly with the family. And every time we meet, 
because I always look for yellows that are internally flawless. I always look for pinks that are VS. Um, but Aiden always says to me, you know, when you're buying a natural fancy color diamond, the first thing you're buying is the color. You know, you're not looking at inclusions. You're looking at the color. Is the diamond evenly saturated? Is the Then is the cut a great cut so that it sparkles? Um, we call it the fire of the diamond. That's what you look for. Then the clarity comes down as a third step. But we look for all three. We look for the color. We look for the cut. And then we look for the clarity. We try to bring you the best diamond. Every diamond we have comes with a GIA, a full GIA. Now, the GIA is a Gemology Institute of America. That is the birth certificate of that diamond. It tells you everything about the diamond that you need to know, the size, the color, the weight. And you need to have that when you buy a natural fancy colored diamond. And you need to know when you want to sell that diamond, the dealer that you bought it from will eventually take it back from you. And we do that for our clients. We resell diamonds because the diamonds that we sell to our clients, we know are one-of-a-kind diamonds, and we know eventually they will resell. It's not like flipping. You can't buy a diamond today and try to sell it tomorrow. You know, you need to hold it five, seven, ten years, and you'll make money. You'll make lots of money. The Argyle Pinks, we were fortunate enough to win an Argyle Pink at this year's tender, a .55 deep pink, a VVS1, unbelievable stone. I'm not worried whether I sell it this year, next year, the year after. It's money in the bank because that stone is going to double in three years. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhall diamonds dot com. That uh, that beautiful uh, pear shape you got, Jeremy. What do you uh, think about uh, possibly jewelry for that one, or just stuff it away? You know, you would think um, it's just over a quarter carat that there's not much that you could do with it. Right. Well, you'd be very very surprised. Uh, even if you go to our our Instagram, you can see what we did with uh, just over a, a quarter carat vivid green diamond, and uh, we just we did three halos beautiful white sparkled sparkling diamonds and uh, the just the quality of the workmanship as well and it really set off the diamond which was just great to see and if you go if you go and take a look at that ring um, that ring whenever the client wears it is is definitely getting lots of lots of compliments and and that's another thing that's wonderful about colored diamonds in general is the fact that all these colors that we're discussing, you don't get that with other gems. Most right. gems don't come in, in a variety, a rainbow variety of colors. It's not like these are these are just a dime a dozen. Color in, in general in, in diamonds is very, very rare, specifically reds, blues, greens, oranges, pinks, yellows. You know, uh, you can... You can uh, gussy up uh, uh, the brown and call it champagne, call it chocolate, but at the end of the day, it's Holy a brown. Um, gray is also not necessarily uh, something that's going to be rare, um, or even a discolored white, which could come off as yellow. You know, we often, not often, we'll get a call here and here and there from from someone. Generally, tends to be in 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 the states, and they'll be looking for uh, an S color diamond which is a which is a white but right. it's so off color it actually looks yellow and then once you put that into a cup it might look even more yellow but the fact is is you have to go past z not z for the americans z that's where you get into the fancy colors and that's where you get into the investment grade and the reason why people are are getting involved in this market is because since they started keeping records on natural fancy color diamonds back in the 70s and we've seen the energy crisis in the 70s, you've seen the savings and loan crisis in the 80s, you saw the dot-com bubble in the 90s, you saw the stock market collapse and the, the subprime debacle in the, in the 2000s, and you know we're still trying to quote-unquote recover right now, and color diamonds have just continued to rise, and the reason is is because there's just not enough of them around, so demand is always there. So there's always a, a, a floor base for demand and there's just not enough product coming out. And so therefore, the prices have always continued to rise. So it's a, it's a very good market for someone who wants to be involved long term and not worry about it. 
especially if you're putting it in jewelry. Right. There's no cost to store it anymore. Um, the fact that you can wear something like this on a day-to-day basis and know that in 10 years or 15 years, it's going to really have done its job. And even if it took a year or two to, to eventually sell, and the only problem with that, of course, is that once you sell it, you can't make any more money off of it. And if you want to buy another one, you're going to pay more. Yeah. There's a famous story of of, um, of uh, Lawrence Graff of Graff Jewelers who sold a diamond at auction, a massive yellow diamond, and then came back several years later and bought it back at a much higher price. Right. And the only reason you would do something like that is if you you know it's just going to keep going up. Every single diamond we bring in is investment grade, which means what you're getting. And this is what's so great and easy to learn for for colored diamonds, which means there is no excuse for anyone to buy something of inferior quality. You go with the best. If you know what they are, you just review your four C's, right? Highest clarity possible. Look for internally flawless. If it's a pink, you want it, you you have to move down. Um, and how would you know? Because you would see the price differences in there. Uh, size is going to matter. In yellow diamonds, we, we want to be over a carat. Um, in color grades, fancy, intense, or vivid, let's start with that before we start trying to break some rules on, on that side of things. And then in terms of cut, you know, there's going to be general cuts for natural fancy color diamonds that tend to bring out colors like right. the blockish, we'll say blockish shapes like, like radiant and cushion cuts. But... Um, if you stick with quality, highest clarity, strongest colors, try to get a good size, then what happens is, is the rarity comes along with that. And the, the better the quality, the more rare it is. And the more rare something is, obviously, the higher the price will be, but the better the gains. And that's something that's so great about Natural Fancy Color Diamonds as well. If you put $50,000 into a, a stock or $100,000 into a stock, if the price goes up 20%, you made 20%. Whereas with a colored diamond, the larger the investment, the stronger the rarity, and the more rare it is, the the better the gain. So the more one can invest in colored diamonds, the better the return. So for example, we see one carat fancy yellows increasing at a rate of roughly five, let's say 6% a year. If we moved up to the same quality intense, we might actually double the price to to right. to to acquire it, but you're now going to be into double digit gains in terms of the revaluations every year, and what you're going to see the next person buy that diamond for a year later, and then once you move up to vivid, again you might be doubling the investment to get involved in that, but then now you're moving up into the 18, even as high as 20 percent in terms of increases in valuations, increases in what someone will have to pay the following year for a very similar diamond. So. Colored diamonds are actually quite easy to be involved as a market in terms of what to look for in in in, in investment. And all we ask is contact Guildhall, learn more about it. We're more than happy to share uh, some diamond diamonds from the collection with you, share our knowledge about the market, give you some great pointers, and, and also show you the big differences. And this is where we tend to start with everyone is the difference between a white diamond and a colored diamond, and how to turn that into an investment. All this information, by the way, can be had on the website, guildhalldiamonds.com. We'll do it for another week. Got to thank uh, Justin Smythe again for his time on the show uh, today. Uh, more information can be had anytime, one eight seven seven eight silver and online to guildhallwealth.com, the precious metal advisor, the information, how to use your registered funds to start investing and the e-store online as well. It's been The Real Money Show, Talk Radio, AM 640.